Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing to help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Let's start the pod with a quick home league bat around. And I just want you to say two things, two names, a name of a player that has really peeved you this year and the name of a player who has been your guy. Who's been your guy on your team? Okay. I will start with a peeved one, and then I want you to do both of yours, and I'll end with a guy who is, we probably both know who, who it is, <laughs> um, who, who's my guy this year. But Matt Boyd. Come on, Matt Boyd. That's a good, that's a good dog to have. Like, Matt Boyd, you gotta, you gotta do stuff. He, um, I, he's showing that last year was an aberration. Mm-hmm. But also not an aberration because what he was at by the end of the year he was two hundred thirty eight strikeouts awesome and one hundred eighty five innings right <laughs> but a four point five when did when did you draft him one point two whip oh pretty okay late. I mean so so at least at least you've got that but go ahead but it just he has been uh, what is he sitting at right now his ERA is eight point <laughs> three nine. And his whip is 1.7. And I finally decided to bench him this week, and it was his first. Um, it was his first good start. It was a, it was a vintage 2018 start in which I checked at the like four, and a third inning mark, <laughs> and it was like he he had like two hits and and five Ks, and I'm like, what? and nothing, no earned runs. And I was like, "This is fla- a flawless Matt Boyd performance." And then he Matt Boyded it in the uh, in the sixth inning, <laughs> and, uh, and it was two hundred runs. So, yeah, uh, that's an interesting one. <laughs> who's been to the pain on your side, and then who's your guy? Well, the pain on my side is easy because I did a big trade of Liam Hendricks for James Paxton and garbage, and Paxton has been also garbage and is now injured. Uh-huh. He's not out out but I will consider myself lucky if I get another fantasy start out of him this year. And you're just shaking your head. So so Pax, Paxton is the problem because it should have... I mean, there's two things that, that pain me greatly. One, I could have just sat Pat and had Liam Hendricks. And two, mm-hmm. I could have instead had Lance Lynn, who has been just unfortunately doing great, fortunately for my TGFBI team, where I do have him. Frustrating. Frustrating. So it's Paxton. Yeah. The guy, though, the guy... So easy. Shane Bieber. I mean, Shane Bieber yeah, has, tur- yeah, has, yeah, has turned in. into, like, inarguably my most valuable player and got to be a keeper this year. I mean, unless... And he's not hitting the town at, uh... He's not hitting the town in the middle of the night and, um... Uh, uh, unless, <laughs> unless something crazy happens, Shane Bieber has got to be a keeper this year for me. I really am worried that I know who your guy is going to be. And I'll just say from a stats perspective, this is not the guy that it should be. It should be Trevor Story. 
on your team. No, it is. Oh, it is Trevor's story. story. I thought it was going to be Maeda. I thought you were going to, like, get out here and and just try and rub my face in it a little bit. (laughs) Uh, He he doesn't... I love... Maeda is doing great, and he is um, everything that... um, Everything and more that I said he was to every Twins fan who said that this, this guy's a bum when he, he gets <laughs> traded to, to Minnesota. This guy's a bum. Who needs him? Why do we care? Um, but yeah, no, it's it's got to be Trevor's story. So good. It's Trevor's story. I mean, Trevor's story has been having it's, a great year. It's crazy uh, that it's Trevor's story, great. considering that Whit Merrifield is actually having a reasonable year also. He's having a really like, good Trevor's year. Story, you, Trevor's He's story was going to have a great year. Let's turn to another sport for a second, and then we'll come back to baseball here. Did you care about the Champions League this year? I did. I did care about the Champions League, and then I totally forgot about it. Just (laughs) it was so easy to just forget about it, and then it was like I was um, the semis. I was I was like all prepared for, and then like Wednesday rolls around, rolls through, or whatever, and then it's like. I totally forgot about it. And then, like, I just saw yesterday, yeah, I just saw yesterday the uh, the final. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that sounds about right that they would, that um, <laughs> a German team would win during a global pandemic. Sounds Germans right. versus the yeah. French, yeah. So it's in the, in the, the UK teams are nowhere to be seen. But yeah, so it makes perfect sense. Uh, are you <laughs> having an easier. So I mean that I guess this brings up other questions because because I think part of the reason that it's been so hard, of course, is because it's out of your the normal schedule that you would put things in your head. Do you, are you experiencing that also with the NBA or less so? I've been well. I think another part of this is that I was sort of following the soccer when there was no NBA, mm-hmm. and as soon as the NBA came around, I I have caught. Um, some of all of the Celtics games okay. live. I have not got all all of them. I got the I, I watched the first two, like the um, the majority of the, those two games. But and yesterday's game was like <laughs> still a good, still overall a good four. year to be a Celtics fan. Yeah, it'll be hard. I'll be like I'll be doing three things at the same time, but I'll try to sit down whenever I hear um, Mike Gorman. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So okay. So you're you're saying it was a little bit. It's it's been a little. I mean, I guess because you have, you really have a horse in the race in the in the Celtics. You had a horse in the race in the in the draft lottery. We do. I mean, the the people sold excited? it as though the Knicks were robbed or the Knicks. You know, like the odds were against them and they failed. No, I'm not excited because what have we done with a first pick? We've had three in the past in the past. Six years, right? We've had three number one picks have at least been on the Timberwolves. And are oh, we a good team? Yeah. No, we're not. <laughs> so no. should should I think that we're going to do anything good with one more number one pick? No, I have no confidence. Especially in a year that the draft is really bad. Well, I'm, I'm not... Or at the very least, it sounds like it's very shallow in the top eight. And you have more, yeah, the top top four top eight whatever you get to but then you have no idea this is gonna be you have no idea this is gonna be another we skip over steph curry type here i can feel it because it's shallow enough that this that's what's 
There's going to so be. I happen. think. I know. I think that the that I think that the reports that this is going to be a bad draft are are wrong. I think that there are going to be some really good players yeah. out of this draft, and we just have exactly. no idea because of because no March exactly. Madness. Exactly. Because these players were never even turned. Dude, 19. we're gonna draft. We're gonna draft <laughs> Lamelo Ball, aren't we? I really hope not. No, I. I want you to get James Wiseman Ooh. and just two I towers. Be, just I would actually be. I would be quite happy about that. I. I. That'd be so Minnesota to be just like everybody wants size, right? We. Now? I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do. It's not like. Anyway, bottom line, I um, I'm not very confident. I mean, it's better than it's better than picking ten. I guess sure, like we theoretically could have, but. Once you got once once it was clear that you were going to get a top two pick, I was like, okay, there you go, that's fine. I don't know. We have still managed to show that we can horribly botch things like that. We can skip Steph Curry. Oh, absolutely. That's fine. That is absolutely true. All right, let's get into it. Let's do a little revision of the stuff that we talked about last week, and then um, I think we'll do a little TGFBI work because uh, we obviously both need it. I put together a quick demo of a thing that I'm working on um, with outcomes, and this is this is a new capability that that uh, I'll push the I'll push this capability to GitHub um, to be able to make one of these. But what I made was I took Shane Bieber, who I am obsessed with now officially. I took his all of his 2019 starts and looked at the the distribution of batted balls in the launch angle, launch velocity space, which we've argued is a good way to, that you can use to discern, uh, that you can use that very efficiently to find the outcomes. And so then I put different symbols on here for outcomes. Uh, we've got outs, doubles, home runs, singles, triples, um, a couple handful of sacrifice flies on here. Uh, and then I colored them because I was like, well, we've got another we got another thing that we can that we can mess with here. So I colored them by the it's not it's completely degenerate because I colored them by the distance that they traveled according to Statcast. So the only thing that that does is give you where yellow is further and blue is um closer. And the only thing that that really the one that we're looking at right here, this isn't the outcomes aren't the outcomes color. are the symbol shapes. Oh, that is really hard to see. Well, but the who cares about that? To some extent, no, got it. So Continue. anyway, it's the the outcomes actually are very degenerate with the distance that the ball traveled. <laughs> the only thing that um, the only thing it gives you is is a little bit more dispersion in the outcome space. So I would actually argue it, it's probably better to use the distance traveled if you want to make a prediction about the outcomes I'm not I'm not I'm not 100% wedded to that but um mm-hmm. but it, it could work what's what's interesting is that it's, I think what you see is that the uh at a given launch angle you can get basically any outcome over the course of any launch speed like you've got doubles at pretty low launch speeds but they have to be in the in this angle range mm-hmm. it's true that home runs are pretty boxed into a specific area like there's only there's only one um range where you actually get home runs 
Yeah, launch speed between. Mm, you can maybe this? go down to ninety, maybe. Right. Yeah, they're all right. Who's this guy? At, at like eighty-five and twenty. Whoa! Look at this one down at seventy. It's not a home run. Oh, that's not. I'm sorry. That's not a home run. Home run. Downward triangles. triangles. Yeah. Sorry. Downward triangles. Okay. Yes, I agree. There we go. Yeah, this one down at 90 is 92. Yeah. And then up. But he's like perfectly hit it at 30 degrees. Yep. That's my that's my thing. It's going to be 30 or 60. 30 is going to be the least effort. It's going to be the whole thing. <laughs> You're never going to get one at 60. I mean, look, show. look, you don't want to hit it more than above 40. Everything above 40, except for one, isn't out. Because <laughs> the actual effects of the ball and drag and stadium and wind and all yeah. those different things so you want to hit it at 30 degrees you basically i mean you also kind of don't want to hit grounders <laughs> just in in general <laughs> speaking in general it's easier to get it's easier to get a single not with a grounder <laughs> well i mean that is pretty wild you have to hit to get like 20 20 degrees 20 degree launch angle you have to be hitting it at 100 miles per hour 30 degrees you don't have to have it and then 40 degrees somewhere in the middle wow i mean those are the towering home runs they gotta be oh yeah i mean the the yellowest ones on here are the maximum distance right so hmm. okay so i'm, I'm working i both see some things and i don't <laughs> see things in this you know this is like it's pretty scattered. It's pretty scattered, and there, there are a lot. I mean, I left the outs on here just in gray, and there are a lot of outs um, scattered throughout the whole plane. Yeah. Wow. Eighty degree launch angle. That is wild. That's just an amazing Other pop up. Twelve feet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna. I, I'm just. I'm just thinking about this, but it's more. It's more that there's some capability here. I'm thinking a little bit about. I'm still working on whether outcomes are really the way that we want to use this depending upon what you want to diagnose if you're trying to diagnose your your batter or if you're trying to diagnose your pitcher um you just want to sort of understand this space a little bit better and that's all that i was working on here speaking of just throwing a ton of colors at you let's turn to actually what i what i really was thinking we should spend a, a little bit of time talking about today which is not the fact that our tgfbi teams are doing abysmally but that's that's also worth reflecting on, but maybe trying to diagnose a little bit of of why our teams are struggling, and doing this with a tool that we've used before, which is looking at looking at correlations across all of the leagues. I mean, one of the things that we like about TGFBI is that we have a statistical sample. Yeah, yeah every year even more. So what I did was I took all of the all of the scorers in the scoring categories for all 390 teams and made a basically a covariance type plot <laughs> where I plotted right. every everything against everything. Uh, so you've got this giant corner triangle plot um, that maybe is maybe is interesting to share. And then I put our two teams on it. Uh, you're a square on this and I'm the star on this. And I put the best fit line, so look at what the relationship looks like across all of the teams between all of the categories. And then I put on R squared, which is a measure of 
whether the line is is actually telling you anything <laughs> or not. Hmm. Oh, and the color coding, okay. the background color coding is uh, rank, overall rank. So what, what strikes right. your fancy? What are the... Uh, what are some things, what are some statistics that you've always wondered about the correlation? <laughs> well, the biggest takeaway, I think, uh, first thing I want to say is that we are in the middle of the distribution Ugh. on just about everything. Yeah, I know. Which is not the place no, it's not. to be. Um, that well, we're tracking, in some places we're tracking pretty close, like our whip to ERA right on and in a place that is oddly slightly better than average well, the, yes the i mean the main problem with the main the problem with your pitching is easy which is there's no you have nowhere near enough innings the problem with I, my pitching yeah. is that i'm right in yeah there. because so the strongest correlation on this and we've talked about this we've touched on this before but it's worth repeating the single strongest correlation is innings pitched and strikeouts <laughs> Yep. <laughs> like, you have to have innings pitched to get strikeouts. That's, like, the the major point. No, well, I'm right on the... You're, you're right on the distribution. You're just... <laughs> and you are a little bit... A little bit yeah, so I've actually done a poor job of selecting strikeout pitchers given the number of innings. Yeah. Just a little, little disappointing. Yeah. A little disappointing. Didn't... Yeah, Jack Flaherty needs to get, like, eight starts. <laughs> Yeah. In a week for me to get back into things. I guess, okay, I guess I slightly um, misspoke earlier, which is that ERA and WHIP are also equally degenerate. Yes, yes. ERA and WHIP this year are, are right on each other's. Um, what is not quite as strong a correlation as it has been in the past, I feel like, is um, runs to at-bats. Yes. I'm glad you picked up on that. Yeah, runs to at-bats is... Not as strong of a correlation this year. It's interesting that the point five R squared of point five. That's yeah, it's not as strong. It, well, so runs have come down and RBIs have come up. So the core, So what we found in the past was that the correlation between runs and at bats was really tight, and the correlation between runs and RBIs was not that tight. And now we're seeing we're seeing sort of them both regress to some middle effect, I guess. But the correlation between home runs and RBIs is is tighter than it was in the past. It feels like um, home runs to RBIs means that people that hit home runs are likely to be hitting, getting a lot of RBIs. So more hit, no more runs coming out of Bingo. home runs. That's what that means proportionally. Yeah. So that's the type of thing that we want to be able to use this plot to diagnose. In terms of fantasy trends, it's true because I think last year I had a ton of RBIs, and my home runs were not, uh, were were more pedestrian. Well, it's so this yeah, year it's, it's clear that we're we're both struggling have to. Um, quite a bit on the uh, power front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there hasn't uh, the the waiver wire has has um, been bereft of. Of power well, I think that's an. I mean, that's well. an interesting point for fantasy is that like there just isn't a lot of power out there to get. Like you, you either got it or you're stuck. Yeah, there've been there's been talk about the explosion of home runs, but they're actually kind of 
focused in in a few enough players that those are grabbable. You're not seeing many guys on the wave wire that can get you a bunch of bombs. I mean, the, you know, the Mitch Moreland types who are somehow hitting hitting home runs are are there, right. hitting home runs in like a sixty forty platoon. So, are you going to do anything about your innings pitched? I just picked up three guys that are middle relievers, so not. Okay. Um, I've fallen behind so much because um, I've fallen behind a lot. The Jack Flaherty situation mm-hmm. is um, is really rough. He let's see, let's go over here. Jack Flaherty season stats. If I look at this, is it true that he only has eight point two innings pitched? If that's true, that's uh, that's very bad for your team. He was like my he was my number two pick, I think. So. 8.2 innings pitch, two games started. I mean, totally respectable. Um, but that's I can't be doing that, right? right? Jack, I, I, I would prefer to have... I've got 35 innings of Zach Grinke. He's my lead lead innings pitch guy. Um, Hyunjin Ryu has done it. Um, the other one was... Uh, Carlos Martinez, I totally uh, drank the Kool-Aid <laughs> and thought that this was going to be the year that he came back. And Wow. No. I also thought that Alex Reyes was going to be like churning out innings, which he's sort of now he, he's got half as many innings as Jack Flaherty now. Um, and he's getting getting a lot of strikeouts but um yeah no i I'm, i don't think that i can come back i was looking at starting pitchers and i'm not excited about them whereas i do think that i can make hay on the era and whip side of it so i okay. grabbed three three guys james hoyt josh stomont and devin williams who when i grabbed what i did was i grabbed all the players are free agents. All the pitchers are free. No, all the players are free agents. I created a column that was um, K to innings pitched. I then queried out anyone that was div zero because yep. they were hitters. I sorted based on that um, that K rate. I then slowly slowly got down to a, a a smaller number so i increased the numbers of innings pitched for the year i removed all the people in the dl <laughs> i removed anyone with an era above four i removed anyone with a whip below um above 1.2 and then i finally got to it and i had three players probably should have increased the numbers of innings pitched because i should have gotten um, Amir Garrett and not James Hoyt, but this is life. Because I think the problem right now that we're seeing, and this is borne out by the correlations, is that the you're also there's a strong correlation this year at least between innings pitched and wins. Yep. So you're you're kind of and that wasn't as true last year, and so you're you're really getting hammered on both fronts right now, the K's and the wins, because of the underlying innings pitched problem. Absolutely. I think that about brings us to the review session. Drew Pomerantz. Are we the kiss of death? I believe so. 
Yes. Okay. Um, Drew Pomerantz is on the IL <laughs> right now. Um, as a second player. Sorry about that, Drew. Yeah, we got to stop reviewing San Diego closers is the <laughs> it's the bottom line. We are at least kryptonite for the San Diego closers. Oh, well, you, do you want to give a, do a stats? Uh, I can do stats, sure. So Drew Pomerantz, currently 2020. He's pitched nine innings. He's appeared in 10 games. He's got four saves, so he, he did actually have some closer value there. And let's just skip to the important ones. He's got a 12K per nine and a three walk per nine. That's exactly what you want to see from your closer. He was pitching really well. And I watched the um, August 18th game. Looked good. I mean, quite frankly, the last last memory I have of watching him was in a Red yep. Sox uniform. Did not look good most games. Quick side note. I always, I don't really see... When I'm like watching a pitcher, I don't really see whether they're right or left-handed. But I will... Like be like that's a weird angle. Sure. All the come to play that, you know. Wow, that's weird. That's how did that happen? And then uh, then it's like, oh yeah, no, he's he's a southpaw. Got it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he looked pretty confident. He was hitting his. He was not really hitting his spots, but the pitches were looking pretty crisp. Um, he kind of looks like a southern Chandler Bang. To me. That's interesting. Also, a gigantic one. Oh yeah, no Chandler. Yeah, Chandler Bang, not in during his drug having days, but during his. Well, you, I mean, Drew Pomerantz is six six. Older age. He's, <laughs> I, well, yeah. I mean, when you're on the mound, it's hard to tell that someone's just that massive. But um, I'd love to see Drew Pomerantz next to CC Spathia. <laughs> we got to get some size comparison here. I mean, slightly different shapes, but like they're big guys. Both big guys. Yeah, Drew Pomerantz does have that look of just like. I was really athletic, and I'm just holding on right now. <laughs> yeah. But, Probably but why I got hurt. Yeah. But this, you know, we were talking about this earlier. We are talking about this in a couple ways, dancing around it, but um, we're really starting to get to the stress test of the season yes. where pitchers are falling apart. Yep. And um, Drew Pomerantz, I guess, is just one of those guys that always has felt like he's kind of made a glass. And I think we're just going to keep on seeing more pitchers falling. And the ones that stay in are going to be either the just like, I don't know, the workhorse guys that just always bang out a bunch of innings with a 4.5 ERA. Or they're going to be just elite, elite, elite pitchers. I I do agree with that. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah, I think that saves are just so hard to predict this year. Just nothing makes any sense anymore. <laughs> And I refuse to watch any more San Diego closers, just for the record. Who are not going to do... Uh, isn't it? Who, I don't even know who it's going to be. It's Pagan, isn't it? I believe. Yeah, but Quantrill got oh, the save Quantrill the other get day. Save? Oh, I was... Okay. Good for Quantrill. I've, I do have a soft spot for Cal Quantrill. It's a closer by committee, so whatever. Um, oof. Yeah, no. Don't pick him up. That's our advice. That's pretty good. Just I mean, think, what else right? is there to say? Like, we can keep talking about Drew Pomerantz, but... I mean, there's no reason. No, no point. Let's pick a new division. Okay. Who are we so going to do? looking at just the generic stability, the NL seems to be significantly less stable <laughs> than the AL right now. Would you like to do... AL East is confusing because the Red Sox just traded their closer. <laughs> uh, should we do AL West? 
and which person from the AL West should we cover next week? I think we've already talked about a little bit uh, today, this season. Hendricks. Liam Hendricks, going to Oakland. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too.